good morning listeners or good afternoon good evening uh depending on when and where you're listening to this another episode of 94 by 50 basketball uh currently recording this sunday morning november 12th uh college basketball is underway nba is getting into the swing of things and uh max is here with me as always what's up man What's up? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, listeners. Uh, It's great. It's basketball season. We're back. We're here. Um, Before we get into all that, just wanted to, uh, and by all of that, I mean NBA chatter, because that's what we're going to focus on uh, in today's episode, but wanted to touch on a couple other things. Last night was... um, the NWSL championship, um, OL Reign from Seattle versus uh, New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC. Um, two legends were playing, Megan Rapino and Allie Krieger. It was the last game of both of their careers. Uh, both were in the starting lineup. Fortunately, Rapino went out six minutes in um, with, I think, a, a muscle injury, a hamstring injury. And Gotham FC won 2-1 to win their first NWSL crown. Uh, I caught most of this game. Really good back-and-forth game. Um, Rose Lavelle, who is on uh, OL Reign, looked great. She scored a goal, um, which was the equalizer to make it 1-1, and then created a few other chances. Um, But the winner came from Esther Gonzalez, who is on Spain's World Cup winning team. Uh, she scored a header in uh, stoppage time in the first half for New York, New Jersey, uh, Gotham FC. So congrats to them. And also um, wanted to acknowledge the new um, huge TV deal that NWSL got. Um, It was crazy. CBS Sports, which had been airing the games for the past couple seasons, had been paying a paltry $1.5 per year for the TV rights. Um, which is, you know, pennies (laughs) for a network like that. And the new TV deal is um, games will be aired on, I think, ESPN, Amazon, and CBS, one other network, um, up to $60 per year in TV revenue for the league, which is awesome. That's great. I mean, that's game-changing. Yep. And, And, uh, yeah, big shouts to Rapino and Krieger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so tough to go out that way, but yeah, definitely. I saw, I didn't catch the game, but saw the touching kind of moments of Rapina going off and the big hug she got and the, you know, all the respect and love she got. For, it's a tough way to go, but what a career. Yeah. And it was a great game. It was a great showcase for the sport. Ended in some yeah. drama where um, OL Rain had a breakaway. The keeper comes out. New York's keeper comes out. OL Rain player tries to chip the keeper. And this is right at the edge of the 18. The keeper hand stretches her arms over the 18 yard box line, handles it. So she gets a red card and it's a, they put a field player in goal. um, And OL Rain have a free kick. Rose takes it and it hits the top of the wall. So, uh, New York finished the game with a field player in goal and 10 women on the field. Uh, so they earned it for sure. Wow. 
that's an incredible win. How long was the field player in goal? Just a couple minutes, just like stoppage time of the yeah, second half. Survived it still. Yeah, survived it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and also wanted to give a shout out to uh, St. Olaf Soccer, um, my alma mater, who is playing in the second round of the NCAA tournament today against uh, arch rivals Carlton. Um, Ooh. Yep. Big uh, big Cannon River Derby match uh, this afternoon. You can stream it on NCAA.com if you search Division Three Men's Soccer. Get them, boys. Get them, Olays. Um, we also had the start to the college season this week, which we're excited to talk about a little bit before we get into NBA. Um, Max, I know you guys had a win versus Oakland on Friday night, a slow start, um, but then you really locked in in the second half and pulled away. Yeah, so uh, we, we we had two games this week. We had Eastern Illinois and Oakland. Um, Eastern, so in both games, actually, we the big alarm bells kind of is around the slow starts. Um, both Oakland and Eastern Illinois got up to decent leads uh, early on in the games, and Illinois had to kind of dig dig a hole or dig out the hole, which against an Eastern Illinois uh, is really no problem. Oakland, it was definitely uh, more of an issue. And against some other teams on their schedule coming up, it's going to be a really big issue. So th- that's the big takeaway so far. But they finished great. Um, Illinois' defense is elite this year. They've got uh, players who are all pretty bought into the team. They added a lot of size. Um, I'm, one person who's really stood out so far is Quincy Garrier, uh, transfer from – he played Syracuse and then Oregon. Uh big tall you know older too he's probably like 24 25 at this point uh maybe not that old but pretty old for college and just a grown man really locked down they only let oakland uh score i believe it was five points in the last seven minutes um and it went from a tie game to they won by about 13 or something and so or 11 i believe so uh, we'll see. There's still a lot of the same issues this year with Illinois and three-point shooting and um, free throws, uh, big, big issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will lose some games because of free throws, um, which is frustrating. But the defense is great. They're much more of a team this year, and they are older. And I think when it comes down to one-possession games, I'm going to trust this team a lot more to – whether or not they hit the shots, they're going to make the right play and get good looks and get all the 50-50 balls and all that. So, interesting first week. Um, and we we play uh, Marquette on Tuesday, which will tell us a lot more. Yeah. I want to get to Wisconsin, but I, I also first wanted to ask you about uh, the lineup and more specifically the, the point guard situation and who's facilitating the offense. Because you guys, or you had told me that you were kind of playing positionless basketball, and I think Ty Rogers was the de facto point guard, but he's really a six-six swing player. Yeah, so it has been a little bit by committee, or like they've molded into a little bit of the positionless basketball at times. But the main three, I would say, is you've got um, 
Ty Rogers, who what I liked this last game, what they do is he'd bring the ball up, pass it, and then hit the baseline and kind of lurk there. And with his big body, especially if he's got a point guard down there, you know, if they mm-hmm. could get him the ball back, he, he was really good down there. Uh, he had 10 points, um, which is, is huge. If he can even get six to eight points a game for us, um, that's going to be great because he does so much on um, the defensive side of things. He's a great rebounder, both on, on the boards, on offense too. And what he has been great at um, is he's pretty good about getting it up the floor quick and he's pretty steady with the ball he's not dribbling it where he shouldn't be too much and he's not like trying to do too much and and try a crazy insane pass and getting turnovers so he's been pretty good um but they've really relied on marcus domask the transfer from southern illinois late yep um and that's just free throws ty rogers is awful at free throws like 50 percent awful and he's just – you can't have him in at the end of the game. Yeah. The mask has been the guy they've trusted there. He's he's not running the break, um, but what he is is, again, he'll make the right play. He's got pretty good court vision, and it's he's not going to – they're not going to steal from him. Mm-hmm. The last kind of two, but the, the big one is – so there's Nico Moretti. Um, he's from Italy. His older brother, Davide, played on that really good Texas Tech team. Yep, uh, I remember the name. Ago. Yep. Yep. So he came. He's good. Um, he'll play a little bit this year when he needs a change of pace, but he's a little bit too small um to yeah, to really bang around in the Big Ten. And then our kind of more star freshman is Draven Gibbs Lawhorn. Really quick, super athletic, kind of has that fast twitch and um has shown some really great vision like on the breaks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, maybe a little bit too small and not someone we can fully rely on. So kind of a long answer to say it's it's by committee. And but, you know, Ty Rogers is going to start there and it feels like Marcus Domenesk is going to end the games. there. OK. So the Badgers uh, had their first game of the season home against Arkansas State. Uh you know, got to take that result with a grain of salt. They won by a lot, but it was against uh, a lesser opponent. I did like uh, they had seemed to have a change in philosophy on offense, and we'll talk about how this um, was demonstrated in the Tennessee game too. But they got into their sets quicker, um, more up and down, set a Cole Center record for points with I think a hundred five. So. Uh, you know, you don't want to take too much from that game, just given the opposition, but, but I liked what they showed. Um, the Tennessee game for me was a tale of two halves. I thought that in the first half, they looked pretty good. Um, a lot of movement off the ball, got into their sets quickly, were aggressive going to the basket, um, took open looks rather than kind of settling for the swing offense and waiting till a couple seconds left in the shot clock to, to take a shot. Um, I thought AJ store was maybe a little over eager in the first half, um, but also made some great plays really showed his athleticism and his three point shooting. Um, he was, he led biggies freshman in three point shooting last year at 40% um, and made a couple threes in the first half in the, in the second half, we just ran out of gas and 
Um, the announcers, I think, you know, Stephen Bardo, who was announcing the game, the Illinois alum, kind of made the excuse for the Badgers that they would improve their fitness and um, get into game shape as the season went on. But, you know, to, to counter that, Tennessee's in the same situation. They're only a game or two in. Um, the Badgers have the benefit of having the, the adrenaline and the home crowd support that Tennessee didn't. Um, and But they just looked – there was a lot of standing around in the second half. Their energy levels were low. Crowell, I thought, got bullied a bit inside um, and got beat on a lot of 50-50 rebound opportunities, um, got back down a little bit too easily in the post. A big, um, not absence for us because he played, but a big loss because he wasn't 100% was Connor Asijin, who's been dealing with um, a back issue. He only took two shots. And then a little bit like Illinois, our, our free throw shooting hurt us. We were um, 14 of 23 from the line, only 60%. Um, so, you know, we missed nine free throws and we lost by 10 points. So kind of there's... There's the game right there. There was an opportunity in the second half when we were on a little bit of a run. Wall got fouled, um, and he bricked both free throws, which, I mean, I don't I don't care if you're not a great free throw shooter. As a fifth-year senior at home in a big spot, you've got to at least make one of those um, and help out your team there. And so I think it was, it was a mixed performance from the Badgers. Um, you want to, you know, say it's early season and they'll get into it. But, you know, this is also a team with everyone coming back, um, plus a big name transfer in AJ Store, who led us with 17 points. And there's an opportunity to make a statement against Tennessee. Um, Dalton Connect for Tennessee looked really good. Um, you told me he's going to be an NBA player. I was a little bit skeptical just because he's a guy who'd played junior college and then had played mid-major at Northern Colorado. Um, but he has legit size. He's six, six legit athleticism. Um, and listeners, if you don't <laughs> believe me on the athleticism, just look up his dunk in the preseason against Michigan state. He looked really <laughs> good. a huge pickup yeah. against, uh, a huge pickup for Tennessee. Um, and they're, you know, they're a legit team. They're number nine in the country for a reason. Yeah, I, I think as someone who I, I watched this whole second half, mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, I'm probably higher on the Badgers than you are at a certain point just because I like so many of the pieces and I, I love the continuation, you know, mm -hmm. of like they got older together. I think that like as the season goes on, like it'll show how good, Ten, this Tennessee team is. I mean, they 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 returned a lot of great players. Like I can't believe Vescovy is still playing, mm -hmm. and Zai, uh, what's his name, Ziegler. Oh yeah, Zakai Ziegler. Kai Ziegler, uh, Zakai Ziegler. He's not fully healthy right now. Yeah, he's he tore his ACL in March, and he's already back. Yeah, which is crazy. And but mm -hmm. I mean, he's still even with that, he still looks so quick and so fat. You know, so tough to stay in front of mm -hmm. I, this team and then i was so impressed with uh josiah jordan james as well yep he was just bodying in the 
the um you know down low and i believe he's a transfer as well so getting no he's a i was just looking him up he's been at tennessee all five years he's a fifth year senior has he yep okay so him i yeah coming back then i guess because that's i mean he looked older and yeah Mm -hmm. and then to get dalton so this team's legit uh very physical as well i would say the the thing that i was looking for more in this game because like you said wall you, you got to make the free throws at a certain point there's just no excuse yeah because also it becomes a confidence thing of like you could tell towards the end he stopped being as confident going to the hole and stuff you know he started to think about it a little bit mm-hmm. more which yep. also made it harder to score for him you know or make the right play always and you know as a team when you see one of your leaders do that but i i would have liked to see and i texted you about aj store kind of taking some I called them St. John shots. Uh, <laughs> just kind of like unorganized, like on a team where like you're not in a bunch of one possession games or where you're leading and you have to make the right play, which is kind of Wisconsin's MO, you know? Mm-hmm. They're generally not going to beat themselves. And Storr took a couple shots that were a little bit wasteful when yeah. when you were in a possession, when in a place where, you know, he started kind of chucking. And that's something he'll learn. The, the thing I was going to say is you, you definitely felt Connor Seedon not being able to make a couple plays or a couple threes that could have been huge and sparked everything, you know. But mm-hmm. I was looking at Chucky to do a little more. I think Chucky at this point is one of the best players in the Big Ten. Uh, he's shown flashes of incredible games where he can take the game over late. I loved a couple of his drives against this big, tough team where he'd drive in and body him, you know. Yeah. And, and I'd like to see, it felt like at the end, it was just AJ Storr and P- Tyler Wall going again and again. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd like to see Chucky. I, I wouldn't be mad. Again, I'm not a huge Badger fan, but I wouldn't be mad personally to see him miss a three or so. Even like a crazy step back one, just to show that like he's really out there. He's doing something. You know, he has a little bit more of like he can take a couple crazy shots. Because yep. he can hit him and he believes. And that's also been kind of Badger's MO over the years is they have these point guards who go out and just hit crazy shots sometimes and get hot and get the cold center into it. Yeah. So I think that was something I was waiting for to step up. And I think that's my key for this season is AJ Store is going to get his, but he can't be the leader on the team. It's got to be Wall and it's got to be Chucky. And AJ Store can be your awesome new piece that you add, you know. Yeah. who might lead the team in scoring some games, but, you you know, it's Chucky and Wall's team. It's got to be. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, and I think Chucky, you know, he, he's got to have the confidence to take the ball to the basket. He can clearly do it. He's just got to mm-hmm. reassure himself to keep going. Um, You know, know that if if he doesn't make it, he might get hit and earn a trip to the foul line. Exactly. And that that's the to wrap it up. I just think this loss will sting a lot less and less as you go for it. You're not going to play much more physical or big or maybe better teams this entire year. So, yeah, yeah. Illinois plays them a little bit later. It's mm, okay. one I, I really will. It'll be a great game, but it's yeah, they're they're tough. Um, let's take a quick break. But quickly before we do that. Um... Who are Illinois' next few opponents? Well, so the the big ones we're highlighting. So Tuesday is going to be fun. We play Marquette, which is interesting. Illinois and Wisconsin have some in common um, non-conference opponents. 
Um, we both play Marquette and Tennessee. Um, okay. But, yeah, we've got Marquette on Tuesday, which is going to be great. Then we've got Valparaiso, Southern, Western. But then uh, we've got Rutgers, which there's a chance we'll be in attendance for. Sounds like yes. we will. Yep. And then uh, – but the other ones to look forward to is we play Florida Atlantic a few days after that at Madison Square Garden. They're mm-hmm. number 10 right now. After that, just a few days later, we play at a true road game at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then we've got our uh, bragging rights game versus uh, Missouri this year as well. So Love it. Okay. Yep. Uh, next for the Badgers, we have Providence on Tuesday. A team um, will have played two years in a row now. Um, that is on the road in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, don't Big know much shout. about this Providence team uh, much. I know. I believe they lost their coach. I believe their coach yep. went to Georgetown. Exactly. Um, then Robert Morris uh, back at home on next Friday, and then a big one um, down in Florida for the Fort Myers tip-off Thanksgiving week against Virginia um, on Monday the 20th. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Listeners, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into some NBA talk. Okay, hey, listeners, welcome back. So a uh, good little college roundup there. Uh, now we want to get into the focus of this episode, NBA. Um, Max, have you been able to watch some of the in-season tournament action thus far? And if so, what are your thoughts on not just the games, but the whole concept of it? Yeah, I've been able to watch um, a little bit of it. I watched uh, the Bulls' uh, only game so far in that. Um and against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, tough, tough loss. But uh, overall, I, I like the concept. I'll let you get into it a little bit, Mark, because I think you've got a, a more impassioned take on it. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, there's some things that I think are kind of silly about it, like the, the, the whole court seem like a lot. But I overall, I like what they're trying to do. They're trying to make, you know, it matter more right now. Um, earlier in the season, get people into it. And so far, I would say it seems to have worked for the most part. I, I will say what I've noticed of kind of even the games I haven't seen but kind of paid attention to is a lot of the games do seem to be close ones, okay. uh, including the Bulls, Nets. Um, they So they do seem to be playing. It does seem to like matter a little bit more so far. But um, yeah, let's let's hear it. Okay, what are your thoughts? So this is uh really a pitch for Adam, uh Silver. If if you're listening, Adam, um, I like the concept. I like the idea of adding in an extra competition that doesn't detract from the playoffs and the NBA finals at all. Cause obviously we want that to be the main focus, uh, the main objective. Um, the big cons of it for me are number one, the courts, 
courts are a little bit of an eyesore. Um, it looks like, you know, a toddler kind of scribbled over the courts with a highlighter pen. Um, <laughs> uh, not a huge fan of the round robin play, just because I feel like it, it just gets a little bit messy with round robin play. The game's counting towards regular season, but also counting towards the tournament. It, it's kind of conflating the two, maybe creating a little bit of conflict of interest. You know, is this just another regular season game where we rest our guys? Is this, is there a little bit extra incentive here? I would like to have something where the stakes are a little bit higher. Um, if you truly want to make this a, uh, a second, but a, you know, a, a secondary competition um, to the main objective. So my my pitch is you have an East tournament and a West tournament uh, called the Conference Cups because the in-season tournament name is kind of lame. Um, the finals representative from each conference last year gets a bye to the second round. So um, seeds two through 15 um in each conference play in the first round single elimination and then um it's just like the NCA tournament in that way so lowest lowest seed plays highest seed um highest remaining seed and all that and and then so you have i guess the round of 15 or 16 uh quarter semis and then a final it would be kind of cool if they um made the games i don't know all on saturday or all on sunday and i guess they're doing that now where they're having a designated in-season tournament night um with specifically in-season tournament games no normal regular season games but then you can kind of showcase the games um and then there's there's a champion from each conference um so there would be a West Conference Cup champion and an East Conference Cup champion. Um, and that way, because it's only at the conference level, not at the league level, it doesn't feel like as high as stakes as the NBA playoffs and NBA finals. So that's that's my pitch. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like that. And I think that there's going to be some tailoring Mm -hmm. to to get this one right and i think the round robin style like i mean i like the round robin style in theory but i also like wish it was true round you know you played each team home and away yeah because it's weird to like mix the home and away you know yep um the other thing i was thinking is like some teams because it's based off last year you know mm -hmm. and then like there could just be a massive trade so i don't know like there's one group this year that's so much better than Mm -hmm. the others and the western conference it's like dallas clippers pelicans maybe i don't know it's like clearly a big group of death mm -hmm. um but yeah the only thing i think like single elimination would be tough to get people to super care about it in the nba i think i think there's something to be said a little bit about like the having to do well in the kind of regular season of this and like the group stages you know Okay. To be able to make it to the play, like the uh, single elimination, sudden death games, okay. I think is cool. Um, see, see, I was thinking the reverse that single elimination would be 
uh, make it higher stakes early on. Um, Which so that I think fans that's are good, more but invested. it's almost like more like it's like fluky, you know what I mean? Mm, like okay. if someone's just sick one day, then it's like, okay, there's season, you know what I mean? Sure. Or like whatever. So I think, but I don't know. Either way, I, like I said, I'm just happy they're doing something like this. I mean, you as a soccer fan too, you know, mm-hmm. like there's the, there's the cups and I like the name Conference Cup a lot. Um, but it, and I think there is something to that. And I think that's good. The other thing I was going to say though, with the, the regular season, just one point out is like, it is nice to have, like, to keep it at the 82 games because it's a weird number, but it's a specific one. And I think like when we talk about like the best teams ever, you know, like people remember the bulls going like 72 and 10 and all that. Like there's something to be said about like, you know, it's weird in football how now there's like they've added games and stuff. And yeah. So, and so you the, know, you're not the stats 14 get and 0 changed. anymore. It's 16 yep. and 0. Yeah. Like there's something kind of cool, I think, in the NBA with this of like if a team goes 73 and 9, like it is going to be a big ass deal. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if they go 73 and 12, you know, I don't know. That's fair. Something that made me think, but yeah, either way, I like it. I like that you're, and I'm, and I'm very much with the, the courts and also, the jerseys because it's the city jerseys and so many of them are just like the weird minimalist just like mm-hmm. i don't know not not impressed with the aesthetics of this tournament so far i'll yeah. say that <laughs> i'm sure they'll tweak it yeah yeah but it's 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 something new that's fun you know yep. to me, yeah um and some other i guess news some story oh, wait, wait, lines. but i did sorry before please, we wrap please. that up i, yep. I did want to say yeah as since that was to Adam, listeners, if you do like MK's alternative, you know, reach out to Adam. Let him know, mm-hmm. please. Like, come on, yeah. Thank you, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, other storylines: uh, the teams who had the guys who were one and two in the MVP race last year, I believe, are both off to hot starts, leading their respective conferences. Uh, Nuggets are seven and one or eight and one in the West. Sixers without James Harden are uh, only have one loss in the East. Jamal Murray is out for up to one month. Um, and so the Nuggets lost some depth. They lost Jeff Jeff Green. Uh, they lost Bruce Brown, who were both huge off the bench in their finals run. Do you think the Nuggets can sustain this without Murray too? I think, I mean, the good thing is it's one month, you know. I think they're still going to be good. I think they'll drop a couple games that they maybe wouldn't have before. But I think also, like, Michael Porter Jr. is playing so great now. His catch and shoots are pretty crazy Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I still love they've got Contavious. And just a lot of uh, and and Nicole Jokic is just playing on such a high level. Oh, yeah, they've yep. they've got a lot of good young players. They've drafted like Christian Braun and uh, Nemhard's looking pretty good. Yep, and or sorry, sorry, Julian Strother, uh, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've got enough players to kind of fill in that are hungry for those minutes, and they've really they're champions now, and they 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 really kind of have that air about them. So. Yeah. Reggie Jackson, who's been a veteran, been in the yeah. state for a long time, will probably yeah. get some more playing time in Murray's absence. He was 
kind of phased out of the rotation in the playoffs, but I think he's a, um, he's capable to deputize for Murray, um, at least for, you know, that month. Definitely. Yeah. And then I think they've got to be still one of the favorites. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, looking at the Sixers, um, actually, this just came out either today or yesterday. I, I'm forgetting at this point, but um, uh, Kelly Oubre got hit uh, by a car. Yeah. And and, uh, and I believe is, um, you know, is OK overall, but definitely going to be off the court for some time. I saw that. Um, yeah, really so scary. Yeah, he was he went to the hospital. Really scary situation. Yeah. And, and he was having such a fun start to this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just really hooping, honestly. And so obviously hope he's, you know, all right and everything. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, you know, is definitely ascending to kind of more of, you know, going from that young guy to like a real NBA full-time player. Yep. Um, that's that's going to be big. And, and Embiid, you know, obviously listeners know he's not my favorite superstar. I do question sometimes him, but uh, – really starting off in a great way and you got to be kind of happy for the Sixers after all the drama and ridiculousness you know in the off season and it's they they look like they're they mean business this year so we'll see yeah. how are you feeling about them um I think they're good I, I think uh you know Harden was we can just take it you know judging by his comments He's, you know, he wants to be the focal point of a team. Um, when he got to LA, he said, I'm not a system player. I am the system. He, he had a career high in assists last year and facilitated that offense, but he was clearly not happy. And it wasn't, um, you know, they were, they had the talent to make a little bit of a playoff run, but it wasn't the fit that, uh, Philly needed to complement Embiid. I don't know that. I think they'll have a good regular season. I don't know that they have enough shot makers to get past maybe the second round of the playoffs. But um, I'm happy for them that they've had this start. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, going on that, we've got the Clippers who are on three since the trade. Um, but obviously are pretty scary. And something I heard on one of my favorite NBA podcasts that was reminded, uh, Knuckleheads, mm. um, big shouts to them. Uh, all these guys are from the L.A. area, too. Yeah. So they're not only, you know, just kind of these legends getting teaming up for like kind of one last ride for some of them. It's really like means you think a little bit more, you know. Yeah. To be not only, yeah, like from the to but. To, yeah, not only to be the guys who bring Clippers to the promised land, but to also be from there is pretty crazy. So yeah. that's cool. I think they're going to be lethal once they get it all together. You know, I, I just think um, they were able to keep some, you know, uh, Zubat turn into a pretty good young player down low, really reliable. Um, and they were, you know, we'll see. Uh, but I, I'm pretty excited about that team, I guess overall um looking elsewhere though we've got the Mavs seven and two the Pacers six and three Rockets have been pretty fun and off to a great start yeah they, beat they the won Lakers last the last other night by 20 or something yeah um yeah any of those that you want to highlight or dive into quick 
Uh, maybe the Mavs, and I want to hear your thoughts too. You had a pretty bold claim that Luca wouldn't even be top ten in the MVP rankings this year. Um, <laughs> they're off. They're off to a really good start, seven and two, as you mentioned. I don't personally think they can sustain this. Uh, I don't trust the whole Luca Kyrie experiment combo, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I think they've probably taken advantage of some other teams having early season chemistry issues, like the Lakers trying to integrate new guys, the Clippers trying to integrate new guys, um, the Suns really finding their feet with Beal and with KD on the team. I know KD was there last year, but he and Booker were hardly on the court at the same time. Uh, so I don't think the Mavs can keep this up, um, but they, I think they'll, you know, if I, if I look at their game against the Clippers the other night, Luca had 44, Kyrie had 17, but the other guys in their starting lineup, Derek Jones was a role player for the Bulls, Grant Williams, role player for the Celtics. Derek Lively the second is a rookie, I believe. I just don't think they have enough uh, to really keep up throughout the re- throughout the regular season, especially if Luca or Kyrie goes down for a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty much in agreement with most of what you're saying. I was maybe a little brass top ten, but I still think even now, <laughs> yeah, like top top five, I'll say still though okay. they. I think I have been more impressed with them. The The Bolts just played them a bit ago, and I'm really loving the player Tim Hardaway Jr. is at this point, you know, just a dead-eye sniper from three, athletic, just makes the right plays, just has turned into a really great veteran player. Um, and uh, But I do like the youngsters. Like, Derek Lively is going to be a good player. That's a good pickup. Um, he's, yeah, the rookie from Duke. Uh, I like Jaden Hardy a lot. Um, who's just, you know, 21, and Josh Green, who's 22 from Arizona. They've got some young players. Signing a player like um, Grant Williams, I think he does work great for this team. He fits mm-hmm. right in. But I, but I agree. I just, like, I question if one of their big two goes down, you know. Yeah. It's just, like, it feels like the, the wheels come off a little bit more with this team. So I think great start, and I think what you're saying, that they – they're, you know, as other teams kind of figure it out, Mavs kind of know who they are, um, you know, because Dorian Finney-Smith, um, you know, and Tim Hardaway Jr., they've been there. Luca, you know, they get it. So I agree. I think the Rockets also, they're, I mean, they're not going to play this well all year, but they've, you know, they've got so much young talent um, and good for Dylan Brooks to go and get some money and play. <laughs> really well you know and so like they'll be they'll be a tough team i wouldn't be surprised if they sneak into the playoffs you know yeah or at least the playing game but you know i don't think they're a top three or four like i don't think they're a contender yet you know and then i'm interested to see with memphis of like how big of a hole do they dig themselves in before Mm -hmm. um job morant comes back because you're looking at this one and eight record and i mean that's getting to be an issue yeah and i think there's no Steven Adams either all season. No Steven Adams. 
but I still think they're too good of a team to be one in eight, honestly. Yeah. Like Jan Jackson's great. Uh Desmond Bain. Bain is awesome. And they've got so many players they can throw at you. And they've got a real culture, it feels like at this point, you know, of I kind of know who they are and what they embody and all that. And I think one in eight is kind of shameful for them so far. So we'll see. Um I don't know anything else before you want to touch quick on our our squads. Um, I disagree with you a little bit on the Clippers. I know you said that they're going to be a real force. Uh, I have a hard time seeing how all four of those guys, Kawhi, Paul George, Russ Harden can coexist on the court and find the chemistry to succeed. We've seen Russ and Harden, play with each other a couple times before once in Oklahoma city. Uh, but that was really when um, they were young players. Harden was a six man and was ultimately traded um, back in 2012, 2013. And then they played together for a little bit in Houston. Um, but both of those guys are such st- still ball dominant players. I almost think they have, too much superstar power, too much of guys needing to take the last shot, maybe not enough system players or um, kind of grinder players who are going to fill up the stat sheet in other ways besides wanting to get points and assists. Yeah, I, I think to a certain extent. But, like, I think Bones Highland, which, again, he's he probably more points and assists. But I do like – like, he's fun. He's going to bring good en- energy. I love Terrence Mann. Uh, Norman Powell is such a good role player. Uh, I like Kobe Brown a lot from Mizzou. Okay. Um, uh, he's really young, but he's going to be good. you got P.J. Tucker, the kind of, you know, quintessential do-it-all player. So, I think it's a huge concern with this team that – how are they all going to coexist and play beautiful and fun and honestly fast basketball? Cause yeah, I think with the four of them out there that be, you have to be one of the slowest, like walk it up slowly, like get to your spot and then try and hit a shot basketball. You know, at this point they're not fast break team, but no, I think if they can split the players up between starters and bench, you know, if a couple of these guys play with the bench unit and they mix in the rest of the team, I don't know. This is, I think that if they can stay healthy and they kind of just make their way through the season, they're going to be, I think, tough to beat. But we'll okay. see. We'll see. I just like, I haven't fully bought into it. And it's kind of like, like the Suns kind of this year feels like, because that's something we haven't, they haven't gotten fully healthy yet they kind of feel like how these Clippers teams have been where like, I never really fully bought it with these last Clippers teams. I didn't really see it. Yeah. This feels like almost too much. Like these guys are just like, F it. We're going to join this team and see what, <laughs> what can happen. You know? Okay. I, I don't know. This feels like they've, they're all in for this year and I, I could see it, but we'll see. Fair enough. Um, so, Fair enough. Yeah, let's check in with our teams before we got to go. And then, you know, may, maybe make some predictions now that we've seen some games too. Um, but yeah, how are you feeling with the Knicks so far? Not what I expected. I think they're four and four. They had a nice 
uh, convincing win against San Antonio the other the other night. They really locked up Wemby in his first game at the Mecca Madison Square Garden. Julius Randle has struggled early this season, really poor shooting percentage. Um, his point points per game totals are way down from last year. Um, so he's been a bit of a disappointment. Um, but Brunson continues to do his thing and is looking like a great fit uh, for that franchise and for that city. Um, a lot has been said about the play, and deservedly so, of both uh, Mitchell Robinson, who has become one of the best defensive centers and uh, rim protectors in the NBA, and then their backup center, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, who a lot of people are saying on most other teams would start um, because he's he's played really well and is giving them key minutes off the bench. He, uh, you know, I don't think they were dirty plays, but had a couple sort of physical uh sending a message plays to Wemby the other night. Um, Quentin Grimes is kind of a quintessential Tibbs player. Um, really plays within himself, plays great defense, makes three-pointers, um, and takes the open shot when he needs to. So if if Julius can get it going, I think we'll be will be okay. I, I think the, the outlook for this team is probably about, again, where we were last year with getting um, four seed, five seed, getting to the second round, to be honest. I, I don't think, you know, it's disappointing that we can't go further than that. But honestly, I don't think when you look at teams like Boston and uh, Milwaukee, now with Dame, I don't think we're even close to the caliber of those teams. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well. And I think on your last point, I think you guys do have like one of the highest floors in the NBA, mm-hmm. but but relatively a low ceiling past that, you know, yeah. you kind of they are what you get. But we'll see. I mean, you never know. Brunson is such an electric player and I could also see them just they're so gritty. And if they're really, you know, there's some continuity there now with this roster and some of your young guys that you're saying are pretty dynamic and can really provide a spark. And, you know, the Knicks fan base is so great when things are going well. Like, it's going to be tough to beat them in a series no matter what in the playoffs. So, I think I also looking at the – I just was looking at your guys' schedule so far, you know. And you, you've played some pretty – like, you've had a pretty tough schedule so far. You haven't really had any, like like, kind of games off in a way. Like Celtics, Hawks, Pelicans, Cavs, like these are all probably playoff teams. Whereas coming up here, you've got the Hornets, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Pistons, the Hornets, the Raptors, the Jazz. You know, good point. So I think you're mm-hmm. you're you're you are going to move up the standings a bit. I think you'll be in that four to six range. And yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you're. It should be a solid team. It's just kind of getting to the playoffs and and seeing what can happen this year. Um. But, but yeah, I think it's at least your solid playoff team. So, and how about you with the Bulls? It's been a frustrating um, season, to put it plainly. <laughs> um, there's been some kind of really fun moments with, um, especially Alex Caruso and just his grit, and he's really worked hard on his three point shooting and kind of he's 
definitely a leader on this team and he's it feels like single-handedly kept them in you know the Suns game and the Raptors comeback and all this um but even in those games they were down by so much and or you know um and had to come back um and have a furious comeback to barely you know and 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 on the our side like we've been playing the Raptors we've had some games the Pacers like some games we should be maybe not winning every time, but very competitive in, and there's been some blowouts. Um, but we've gotten a couple wins we shouldn't have. Really, I just don't think this roster is it. They don't play up to the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. I think on paper there, I was telling you earlier on this podcast, I was kind of excited. Like I thought, hey, we've got some decent bench depth with Javon Carter and Torrey Craig. Io's gotten more minutes than I thought. I was scared he'd get buried, but he's played a bit every game which is good mm-hmm. and played well but i just when it comes to our big three it's just not working they're yeah. not i think really what i think it is is just defensively you've got zach Vooch and um damar who are all below average defenders okay and it's just like it's so they just can't keep up um with these teams you know scoring wise mm-hmm. because we're also just not that good of a three-point shooting team uh, Kobe White, he's been off a little bit. Um, he looks a lot better from the eye test this year. And I think talent-wise, like he's coming into his own also. But he just doesn't get a ton of games where he can just shoot a million shots, you know, which is kind of what he needs to feel confident enough to just go forward and be a full-time great role player. And so he's kind of in a shooting slump, and you can see him kind of worry about it, you know. And then Patrick Williams has honestly just had a really bad start to the year. Yeah. Um, has all the tools to be great, but just seemingly, but I mean, just his IQ and his, his like skills as a basketball player, he can't dribble in, you know, create his own shot, but he also doesn't like crash the boards enough. So these players that kind of have to step up and really ascend for us to have any chance when our big three aren't, having the games of their lives just aren't so at this point it's a very interesting team there's you know it's not just a terrible team but it just doesn't feel you know it's it's been too long it's not working I think something's got to be done because I think this could be a competitive team with a couple trades but if if this is who we're running out I I don't even know if we make the playing game this year you know it's pretty ugly to um to the point on defense and i was just looking at the team statistics you guys are 28th in the league in rebounding um you know 17th middle in the pack and opponents points per game is it caruso is known for being a great defender carter is i think a gritty player um who's going to give it his all on defense in terms of guys like vooch damar levine is it is it an effort thing? Is it just in the case of Vooch and Lamar or Demar um, slowing down a little bit that they're now both in? I think they're both maybe thirty-three. Um, what's the what's the issue on the defensive end? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like our second unit is so great defensively, and that's how we've gotten back into a lot of these games. You know, because mm-hmm. our second unit comes on, and you've got Io, and you've got Drummond, who's still a really great serviceable player and dominates on the boards 
um, and is very imposing. Javon Carter and Caruso going nuts, you know, but it's our starters. Uh, Patrick Williams, pretty good at defense. Uh, Kobe White's decent. He's fine, you know, and he generally makes a pretty good effort. But, yeah, DeMar's just slowing down. Um, and Vooch is undersized. And Levine cares about the offense. Hmm. <laughs> and so it's just – it's not something they've – any of those players have ever really, like, took a ton of pride in, you know? Yeah. If you think they're all just, like, such incredible offensive players, Boots included, that it's just not there. And, and Billy Donovan's, like, I think has it. You know, we were great defensively last year. And at times this season, we've had these incredible comebacks and ran in transition. It's been great. But, yeah, I just think just, like, the starters, like, it, it just – the the five people we've starting, which has been Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and then the big three is just not it, it doesn't work as a unit in basketball for whatever reason, you know, whether it be just like they don't connect mentally. Um the the pieces just yeah, the sums don't add up. So fair. Not fair. equal to the parts. And I think it's just it'd be it's crazy to do the same thing over and over again. There's we gotta face the writing on the wall a little bit here and, and make a decision for we got to start thinking about the future of this team. Right. Real quick before we go, we don't need to get into a whole predicted playoff bracket, but uh, your gut feeling on who we might be seeing playing in the finals in about seven months in June. Yeah, it, we'll see how it all lines up with the seeding, but I think it'll right now I've got Clippers and Nuggets out of the West. That'll be the conference finals. In okay. the East, I've got... I think it'll be Bucks Celtics. Okay. I'm still fully not not super fully sold on the Celtics, honestly. And the Bucks too, I think need to show a little bit more depth. Yeah. But I still if everything goes right, those are the two most talented teams and are set up to be contenders. And I don't see other teams that will challenge that that much. Okay. I I like the Nuggets in the West if they can stay healthy. Um, I don't think anyone is as playing well as Jokic. I think they have that um, continuity and roster. The East is a toss-up for me between Boston and Milwaukee. I'll go Milwaukee. Um, I would say teams to not count out are Miami. Uh, can never underestimate him come playoff time. They did lose Gabe Vincent. You know, Jimmy's another year older and Kyle Lowry's another year older, but I think we've we know they're capable of getting to the finals and making a run. And then the Warriors in the West. Uh Chris Paul has fit in well with their second unit. Steph is still amazing. So I think that's a an older team uh that might be saving itself for the playoffs, uh, that would be one to look out for. But I will say uh Nuggets Bucks. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that makes sense. And I think touch on just a couple of fun things with the Warriors. Uh, it's cool to see Trace Jackson Davis and Brandon Pajimski getting a little bit of playing time. Mm-hmm. And uh, former lineup. For a little bit. Yeah, and Wisconsin boy. 
mm-hmm. and Mr. Wisconsin. And then um, also I want to shout out the, the Pelicans. I think that's another team that when they're fully healthy, uh, big shots out to CJ McCollum getting healthy with his lung issue. Yeah. Collapsed scary. lung, which is crazy. Yeah. But um, I think, I think that could be a really tough team to beat uh, in playoffs. I don't think they're a title contender, but I think they're going to be a lot of fun and be in the mix from the time. So it's shaping up to be a good season. Very good. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We certainly enjoyed uh, talking through uh, all the early season basketball stuff. We're going to get out of here, maybe go watch the end of uh, Man City Chelsea, which is shaping up to be a really good game. Blues uh, are 0 2 2 now. It was 2 1. 2 2 at the end of the first half. So great second half to come there. Um, but as always, guys, appreciate you tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace, listeners. Bye.